This is Amanda. And this is Rachel. And this is Vocal Perspective. Hi, everybody. This is Amanda and Rachel. And today we are joined by Gina Deaton. Gina and I go way back working in CASA and Gina is still working for CASA. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Hi there. Thanks for having me. Well, my name is Gina, first of all. Um, I am a mom. That's probably the thing that takes up the most of my time. So I have three kids and I, but I've been a singer for longer than I've been a mom. So I definitely did all of the singing things when I was young. And my sister, whose name is Shane Ardell, she kind of wrote me into getting involved with acapella way back in the day. So the rest, I suppose, is she brought me to a so jam and the rest, I suppose they say is history. Just gradually got more involved and started volunteering and just really enjoyed the genuine people that I met within the community and just really enjoyed the art form as well. I am a singer primarily, but I play a little bit of piano, but my true love is just vocals. And so really enjoyed the art form and enjoyed just the community that it naturally built because so many more people had to be involved in order to create a big sound because you didn't have instruments to fall back on. So I just, I really was drawn very quickly into the community and found a lot of really good friends there and a lot of people that I could talk to about a lot of things that maybe other people weren't as interested in talking about with a lot of depth and a lot of genuineness about them. So just fell in love with the community, really appreciated all the things that CASA was doing and just over time got more involved and helped out where I could. So that at first looked like a lot of helping out at festivals and just showing up the weekend of and volunteering. Then a few years ago, found out there was an open board position for secretary. So I joined on as secretary because at the time, that's all that I had time to do. And not to say that secretary isn't an important job. It is absolutely important to the board. It just doesn't have quite as many executive tasks as like, say, director of events, who's currently Marone, who works her tail off night and day to make our events happen. And she does an amazing job. I started off as secretary and that was a really good fit for a while. We decided to start a new position a couple years ago called Director of HR. So CASA is an entirely volunteer-led organization. So we didn't historically have an HR person because we don't have payroll and we don't have lots of things that go with having paid staff. We did decide to go ahead and make an HR position though because we realized there was a lot of personal management to be done with all the volunteers, whether that was feedback, just a, a point person for somebody to go to if they had a concern or an issue, which before that was um, really just whomever the person felt comfortable with. There was no like, central <laughs> point of contact for that. And then also recruiting. So I do a lot with CASA with like finding the right people for the right positions. So if somebody's interested in volunteering with not specific events, volunteer staff kind of goes through the local event. But if they're interested in volunteering for the overall organization, then I'm kind of the funnel for that. And then I kind of point them in the right direction. So that's a little over, that's a mini acapella history for me and a little bit about what I'm doing right now for CASA. Awesome. It's such an important job. I kind of wish we had thought of it sooner. Sure. (laughs) There, anytime you have a lot of people, a lot of passionate people in the room, you need somebody to kind of play referee. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and a point person that isn't always just who you know the best or just the president, you know, there needs to be somebody to go to that isn't the only person in charge. So that has been a good thing, I think, for the organization, for sure. Absolutely. Rachel, I have I have a question, and then I'm sure you have plenty of questions. Rachel's like chomping at the bit. I can see her face. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the board back when I was on it was predominantly male, and now mm-hmm. the board is balancing out. And, and mm-hmm. at some points, I think, has even been more female-heavy than male-heavy. 
Mm-hmm. What's the leadership environment like now? I mean, CASA has changed a lot in 30 years. Absolutely. What are the kind of things that you guys are focused on and helping build this community? Yeah, a, a lot of the conversations we've been having lately have been a lot about inclusivity, making people feel comfortable, making people feel safe. How can we create safe environments, especially with our festivals? Because that's where we're all in the same physical space. But our Facebook group is very active and a lot of passionate folks in there as well. How do we make that a safe place just for free? flow of ideas, certainly not interested in censoring every single thing or having to have everything approved, but also want to keep it within some you know safe boundaries. So there have been a lot of conversations about that lately. Yes, our, the board is a lot more diverse than it was in lots of ways than it was, I would say, maybe 10 years ago. I wasn't on the board 10 years ago, but I knew most of the board at the time, and it's definitely a much more diverse group. And in fact, a couple years ago, it was all female, actually, at one point in time when I started to, to bring on some more folks. I was actually like, okay, we need to find some dudes too, you know, so which is an interesting kind of opposite problem that we ran into. So all that to say, like, it's really fun to see all the different people that end up wanting to help with CASA and want to get involved and really give up their time. So that's been the fun part for me is just meeting and getting to know even briefly people who are interested in really giving back to the community. And circling back to your question about like what we're focusing on with the board, we've been really, Maroon's been spearheading this local vocal series, which actually has been a really great thing, I think, for CASA and for the community. 10 or 15 years ago, uh, CASA was the only organization doing festivals. We were the only organization doing national festivals of any kind, really, in the United States, at least. And so now it's really not the case. We have lots of other people doing it, which I think ultimately is a great thing. And we all have a lot to learn from each other, which is another part of what we talk about a lot, which is like collaborating with the community and not just with acapella, but with barbershop and the choir community, lots of the vocal jazz community. Like, how can we collaborate as opposed to feeling like we're constantly in competition with one another? But back in the day, Casa was the only kid on the block, you know, and so it's not really that way anymore. So one of the things that we've realized is that the kind of national festival market, so to speak, is pretty well saturated. People have a lot of options, a lot of places they can go, a lot of different types of festivals to choose from. And that's really great. Ultimately, I think that's a good thing. Like it's great for people to have ways to go to the type of festival that they want to go to. So for me, I don't see that as a problem. Some people might perceive that as an issue, but for me, I think it's actually a great chance for us to say, okay, where else can we serve the community in a way that isn't being served? And so Marone actually came up with this great idea of the local vocal series, which are kind of what they sound like which is much more localized, smaller focused as far as the location wise, like geographically, a smaller focus of people to come. So they've been in specific cities and we've had a really great response to that, even like to the idea of it online. People have just been so supportive and really wanting to help out. So we brought on a few staff, a few volunteers for that, to staff that for this year um, to kind of have like a little team of people that puts those on. And people have just really been responding, I think, to actually getting to know people in their community who are doing awkward as opposed to just going to national festivals and meeting people that are seven states away. You know, I think in the day of like YouTube and Facebook, we have access to a lot of the big names in acapella and we didn't 10 or 15 years ago, you know, and that was really, that's really one of the viable things of festivals. It's like meeting these big pro groups that are doing this all the time and like making money and that's great. But I think on some level, now we're like, well, what about the people down the street that are doing this? And so the local vocal series kind of provides a really natural way for groups to meet each other. You wouldn't believe how many people we talk to that don't know that there's an acapella group at the college around the corner, you know? <laughs> yes, um, we would. Yeah, Yes, we would believe that because we struggle with that a lot. Actually, people just don't know that other groups exist. They don't. So um, we're really excited about like 
growing the local vocal series, being able to increase the number of, of events that we can do each year. Obviously, that'll take additional staff and funding, but it seems to be a thing that is being really latched onto by the community. And so we have been talking about that a lot. We're also rebuilding our website. Everybody will be thrilled to know that we are <laughs> ready to ditch the dinosaur here as, as helpful as it's been the last few years. It's time. So we're working on updating our website. That's a like first quarter priority for the board this year. We are, we're always talking about festivals. We're always talking about awards, which Shane manages and is another really great initiative remains. One of the things that CASA has always been exceptional at um, has always been one of the things that set CASA apart. So we do try to make sure that our awards remain really high quality. We're always looking for good judges and nominators just to put that out there. We always need people who are willing to give a few hours to contribute to that because part of the reasons awards are great is because they're high quality and we need a lot. We need an army of people to make that happen every single year. So yeah, we've, you know, we've been doing the CARAs, the recording awards for a long time. CASA has as an organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something that hasn't changed necessarily, but it has grown and developed. Used to be you like mailed in your cassette tape, you know, <laughs> and now it's all online and you just submit your MP3 and Shane build out this amazing online application to manage everything. And so all that to say, you know, those are the main things we talk about a lot is how can we be relevant to the community? How can we help people? How can we support? How can we be a safe space? And how can we continue to provide things that people are actually looking for as they're pursuing acapella? Oh my gosh, I can't think of a more perfect person for this job. That's very kind of you to say. (laughs) I'm sure there are more qualified people out there and I hope I can find them. (laughs) I want to build like actually like an HR team to work work on policies and procedures and feedback cycles and things like that. I haven't had a chance to quite yet, but yeah, still working on, but I need to like build a team. So if you're, if there's a qualified HR person or three out there, I want to talk to those people, <laughs> get them on my team. Cause I've actually, I don't specifically have an HR background. So this has all been a big learning curve for me. I know a lot of the people, which helps, Yeah, but otherwise it's been a lot of learning curves. So thank you. Thank you for saying that though. That was No, nice. but you're very level-headed and balanced and fair. And I think that's important for HR, especially in a community where everyone knows each other so well. I know sure. it's so hard to be objective Mm -hmm. it's so hard to be objective as a human much less as a musician you know like a creative person so I do try to hear and understand everybody's perspectives and I think that's probably the the thing that's most important when you're mediating situations you know but hopefully I do it well at least enough well enough how about that (laughs) I had a question I wanted to sort of touch on you, you talked about sort of a feeling of safety both both sort of in person and online and I wanted you to speak a little bit more to that in ways that, because one of the things that Amanda and I have spoken about is how groups, particularly women's groups, can work together within themselves in order to, I don't know, function more cohesively and for groups to feel so there aren't hurt feelings. And I guess that that level of safety sort of speaks to that. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. We actually, we have a little, we call ourselves a little task force or a focus group, you could say, of folks. And it's actually across organizations. So we have a few few folks from WACA, excuse me, from the Women's Acapella Association. We have a few folks from CASA, obviously. And, you know, we're actually working together with a couple other people with like Camp Acapella, folks like that, to try to create some, just to increase the safety across the community and not just for CASA's events specifically, because there's so many people who go to all the things, right? And 
participate in all the things, which I think is great. So we've actually been talking a lot about that. Like, what are some ways that we can accomplish that? Obviously, classes at our festivals is one of the ways that we did that. So we we had a, a really great class at SoJam that ended up being kind of an open discussion. We had a, a training class plan, but the trainer ended up having a, a a crisis and couldn't make it. We're trying to utilize the class time, actually, at least one or two classes per festival for some of these topics. And at Sojin, we were actually able to get some great feedback from some of the attendees about topics that they'd be interested in. And that was really great. So we're looking at classes about conflict resolution, boundaries, group dynamics, how to like incorporate new members into the group because an acapella group can feel really cliquish when you're like two new freshmen and everybody else has been together for at least a year, right? Yeah. So it was really good to get some feedback from the students really is most of it ended up being in the discussion about what would be helpful to them. So we're kind of utilizing that to plan some classes. Nina Kasuya is actually teaching at Los Angeles Acapella Festival, a class on diversity and inclusiveness, and that's going to be a really fantastic class. So we're looking at actually some training from a local crisis center uh, for the one in Boston. So we're hoping to actually do some staff training with them for the volunteers, as well as one, you know, a class for the the attendees, actually. So I think that's going to be really great. So we're trying to do hopefully a staff training at each festival, one or two classes at each festival on these types of topics. The idea being just that, like, we can't only talk about music, you know, warm up techniques. We're also humans. We have conflict. We have relationships that have to function in order for us to produce this glorious music that we're working on together. And those skills, obviously, we don't all participate in music just to create beautiful music. We participate, each of us participates in music because we care about making something together in community. And those are things that benefit us outside of those rehearsals and performances, but also there's skills we can learn there that we can utilize outside of rehearsal and performance space. So that's kind of the vision behind this task force is like, how can we really call attention to and utilize, you know, festival class space, especially since we're all kind of already in the same room together, literally, to focus more on those things. We're also looking at resources that we can have a available on our websites. So every organization can use basically, whether it's inclusivity writers for groups or team building activity ideas, conflict resolution skills, kind of like a primer on boundaries, um, things like that, that we can have available on our websites across organizations for any group to use completely like free and all that so that they can actually improve the experience within their own group from on a day-to-day basis, even if they can't make it to a festival. So that's another kind of avenue that we're exploring. Like how can we be helpful to people online? So yeah, this is, and we're talking about other things too, like categories for awards. How can we make that more inclusive and not just focused on gender? How can we make all that work so that every, everybody has a space, you know, to contribute? They're not all easy answers and it's not all straightforward, but I think it's worth pursuing as much as we can. So yeah, that's kind of what we're focusing on. And that little task force group that I was mentioning that's kind of across organizations has just been really a great space to bounce ideas off of each other. What works for you? Maybe we can try that, vice versa. We also, I should mention, we last year like created an online training module for all of our staff and volunteers that they have to complete before the festival that just goes over some basic boundaries of this is what's not, you know, these things are not appropriate. And if any of these types of things happen, you know, you might be requested to leave. And not that we've had to do that 
but we want everybody to be aware of what the expectations are and are not. And when it comes to facilitating a good experience for everyone, and that means other staff and the attendees, our attendees are a lot younger than they used to be. It used to be all college and post-collegiate folks, largely male, right? And now obviously a lot more gender mix, which is fantastic, and a lot more age mix. Some of our students are as young as sixth grade, which is like 11, right? And which is so wonderful. It's a totally different, if you're teaching a class, the way that you would teach a class, maybe even some of the vocabulary or semantics that you might use would be totally different for college and adults than it would be for middle and high school students. So we have to be able to adjust even just as instructors on how we're addressing our attendees. So those are the types of things we're talking about. That's so important. Able to do so far. I love literally everything you've just said. <laughs> I'm glad. It's been exciting to be able to actually implement some of those changes. Yeah. So I mean, and for, for a lot of people, like people don't leave this community because they're not having fun, like they, because they don't enjoy the music. They, they leave the community because they don't feel comfortable or it's not a positive aspect of their life anymore. And, sure. and groups don't fall apart because they don't love the music anymore. They yep. fall apart because of the relationships going bad. That's so absolutely true. This is super important. I'm really glad that Casa is taking it on and that you're playing such a big role in it. Yeah, it's been great to be a part of. It seems to be something people respond to really well. So that's exciting. Have you heard? heard across the groups that they've been experiencing these sorts of problems? How prevalent is this? I think it's super prevalent. I mean, you throw in the age factor with college especially, and I always have to keep in mind, I was not in a collegiate acapella group personally, but you always have to keep in mind that I was very involved with Shane's acapella group though in college and like helping them with rehearsals and vocal coaching and that kind of thing and arrangements. And we, the thing I always have to keep in mind is their folks change out every 12 months. Yeah. And really it's more like every nine, you you know, or maybe even every three or four if yes. somebody has to switch out in a semester. And so as adults, I feel like in the post-collegiate world, it can be really easy for us to forget because we may not change out a group member for five or 10 years, you know, because we generally stay in the same place and are doing the same things and all that. I feel like one of the keys for me has been reminding myself like, okay, if I had to start a small like six to 12 person group over basically every few months, like that's a huge undertaking. And if I had to do that when I was 19 or 20, like, like that would have been, I don't know that I would have personally at least had the skills or experience to do that effectively. I think I might have been able to muddle my way through it, just personally speaking. And so the fact that these college students are even trying to do this is so admirable. And I have so much respect for how hard they have to work to resolve some of these conflicts. And so I feel like anything we, I, CASA, any organization can do to make that a little bit easier for them is like well worth the effort, you know. But I think it's super prevalent even among the best in intentioned and most mature college kids that there are that exist. I think that it's, you get that many humans in a room with that many strong opinions and positions <laughs> and care. They're just to sing acapella. It's not the same as like a choir class. Like they are choosing to spend their extracurricular time. Sometimes that is very precious time for people in pre-med programs and stuff. They don't have a lot of time. So they're choosing to spend it. So my point is like, it makes it a higher, you know, such a high investment for that. Yes. And they really need it to pay. So they care so deeply. And that's so beautiful, but it makes the stakes higher when things go wrong, right? Absolutely. And so anyway, all that, I, I feel like we have to keep all that in mind. There has to be a lot of grace and they're going to, we're all going to hurt each other. Like conflict is part of being human. And so it's not really as much about making it conflict free as much as it is 
learning how to get through conflicts well, because we are going to step on each other's toes. We're going to make mistakes. So if perfection is the goal, like nobody can meet that. And especially in the 18 to 23 age range, we're all learning so much about how to be ourselves, how to be mature human versions of ourselves, right? So I feel like any tools that we can give people to help them in that is worth you know, fighting for and working on because it, it's really amazing that as many collegiate acapella groups accomplish as much as they do, because that's like a recipe for a lot of risk, you know, all of those different factors. And that was our talk with Gina Deaton from CASA, from the Board of Directors of CASA. Thank you so much for your time. And we hope you enjoyed listening to all that really amazing stuff that she had to say. Thanks again, Gina. And while we've wrapped up this week's conversation with Gina Deaton, Director of HR for CASA, we encourage you to keep this conversation going. Whether you start or contribute to a conversation on the CASA Facebook group, or you attend a festival in person or a local vocal, speak out. The only way this community continues to grow and improve is when people work collaboratively and constructively together. If you have counseling or an HR background, we do encourage you to reach out to Gina to help her with this mission of creating a safe and inclusive environment for CASA and its leadership. You can reach her at Gina, G-I-N-A, at casa.org. As this podcast continues, Rachel and I will be talking about a lot of these difficult issues right here on the show. So please write to us at amanda at acaville.org or rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L at acaville.org if there's a specific issue you'd like us to cover. Similarly, we'd also like to hear from you if you have some advice to share with the rest of the community. Perhaps we'll even feature you here on the show as one of our guests. That wraps up this week's episode of Vocal Perspective. We're so glad you're here and we look forward to continuing. Continuing this conversation next week.